This is Shaka Ward Speak. Brain debris. Nostalgia. Oh. Do you remember? You remember that? I remember nostalgia. It yeah, was really nostalgia. good. I've got good memories of, of nostalgia. nostalgia. Yeah, yeah, just warm. I get uh, completely n- positive memories. Yeah, I get nostalgic over nostalgia. Oh yeah, hundred percent. There's things I awkwardly avoid yeah. because they make me feel too nostalgic. Correct. Yeah, I think I think uh, one of my lightning rod nostalgic moments was, um, I got my son Oliver uh, a bunch of He-Man characters for. Last Christmas, yeah, those re-releases, the re-releases, the, the new, mm-hmm. and I sat down and we were on the floor, and so I was at the right eye level of when, where I was at when I got those as a kid, about his age, Dude, and it yeah. like I had like a the closest thing I could. This sounds so dumb, but I had like the closest thing I could explain to a flashback. No, I like I was exactly transported mean. back for like a flash. Yeah, and uh, also it's nice because they they're consistent, so they hit that nostalgia hard. Yeah, I mean they're not like weird anthropomorphized balloon animals that kind of look like He Man. And everything, yeah. you know, they're like actual, like they feel like just they look like a like up, slightly re-releases. updated re release because their arms move. And mm-hmm. whereas the originals, they only moved at one joint. But, yeah. um, and some about He Man toys hit, hit, scratched an itch when those came out. And it had, you know, for me, it always had to do with the imagery in the packaging, which they 100%. rock on those so well. Dude, those, yeah, those cards on the back of those, <laughs> yeah, dude. always the best. Part. And then, and, and then with Oliver's, they came with comic books, which I'm all about. So I'm like, you got the comp, they bring them back, even the comic books that come nice. With. And that's all the stuff that I, I love, man. You get the action figure, the comic book, because you get the context, the story, and the figure. Yeah. All yeah. in a contained space. It's a really inter- interesting experience. So, um, so yeah, so that's we're, nuts, man. Yeah, dude. I mean, the only thing I can say, like, do you know what I just want to say when I hear all of this stuff about He-Man? What's that? <laughs> oh, gosh. That's not nostalgic for me. <laughs> I said, hey. My, my, I'm losing my voice a little bit, so I can't I can't join you in singing that song, but I want to. Um, yeah, just he So I wait sometimes and I, and I cry. <laughs> what, what, are, what are we doing? We're doing... Uh, we're talking nostalgia. Yeah, I think it's a great time to do it. Why not? Yeah. I mean, it's a, uh, it's a bad deal. <laughs> okay, I won't do it. <laughs> it's a bad deal. Nostalgia is a, I mean, it's a good topic, especially this time of year. You got the holidays rolling around. You think back to days of your yeah. family yeah, yeah. get-togethers. I th- yeah, I think the nostalgia thing, I mean. Um, Christmas gifts. I'm not anti-nostalgia. No, not at all. So, I mean, I, I'd, I'd go further than I'm that. prone. I'm, I'm weak with this. Uh, I'm target. I'm target audience. Dude, my uh, yeah, my attic is nothing but boxes of nostalgia. Um, but I would also say, in some senses, I don't experience nostalgia at all because I haven't ever left some of those places. That's a scary thought, dude. Yeah, but I mean it in a positive sense. Yeah, uh, but it's still uh, scary. I don't care I mean, what you meant. That's scary. <laughs> no, it's that's it's, weird. It's open for critique. Yeah. Um, but yeah, uh, I mean, I mean, for example, like yeah, my birthday was a few weeks ago, and you show up, and what do you have? You got some Simpsons figures that I was collecting in like high school. College. Yeah, dude. And I'm like, this is legit. And then even one of the things was uh, like a Bart Simpson figure from when you were a kid. Yeah, from when I was a kid. And that's 87. like, that's not even nostalgia. That's just like, that's artifacts. Yeah. You know? Yeah, that's, I felt like it, artifact I age. felt like I could keep it and it would just go in my display case. Uh-huh. Or I could give it to you and I was like, Gary should have this. Yeah, it, dude, I, I appreciate it. It survived in that state so that it could be given to you. <laughs> 
Well, it's funny because uh, I had it on the dashboard of the car, and it was like you know my little tiki man or hula girl on yeah. the dashboard sort of thing. <clears throat> and my daughter was like, "What is that thing?" And I said, "It's it's a Bart Simpson toy." She's like, "How do you play with it? It doesn't do anything." Yeah, and I was like, uh, "Well, your imagination." Child. I was like, "You would you would place it in an area with other non movable toys?" Yeah, probably with like the box that like unfolded and yep. had a room. Yeah, or maybe. It'd be like the black type, black print on the, the brown craft inside of a yeah. cereal box that you cut out. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. And I was like, "That's it." She's like, "Oh, okay." And I would draw it, and I was like, "I, I used to draw that." I used to set that thing up and draw it. Heck yeah, dude. Yeah, Bart Simpson is like, uh, that's like early early rites of passage. I drew a Bart Simpson in class a couple of days ago. We were just talking about how portraits. I was like, I said, just because you can do this poorly, <laughs> yeah, this doesn't make you an artist. And I drew Bart Simpson. Ooh, yeah. Them's fighting words. Absolutely. You mean in the second grade, if I can't draw Bart Simpson really well, I'm not going to be in the Museum of Contemporary Art somewhere? Yeah, even if you can. (laughs) (laughs) Even if you can draw it. Um, So, yeah, so nostalgia, like, I think think it's a kind of a conversation we were already having. um, And in light of, you know, the next couple months. And also I saw the, uh, eight bit trailer, eight bit Christmas trailer yesterday. Yeah. Yeah. Which just, you know, t- triple down on this, you know, stranger things hits nostalgia, but also brings yeah. new con like they, they, I think they did a really good job of nostalgia and new content where as like, um, we'll see what the new Indiana Jones does. We'll yeah. see what the new, um, well, you know, the whole stuff with Star Wars has been really stirred up over the years and mm-hmm. there's home runs uh, at times and gross misses. Mm-hmm. So, you, you know, you get your, as a, as a middle-aged dude who's sort of like one of the target audiences for a lot of that stuff. Yeah. It's an yeah. 80s kid, right? Mm-hmm. Like, um, they've, they've lot, you know, the misses are detrimental when they come uh, too frequently because... yeah. Um, it lowers that nostalgia part of your brain as far as expecting much from anyone. Yeah. You know, so, so, and it definitely did for me. So like I, uh, I love stranger things. Um, I loved, uh, aspects of star Wars, but then it was like, this is a bummer. And, uh, ghostbusters is coming out. Yep. And I heard it from a friend who's a fanatic that it's good. A mutual mm-hmm. friend of ours. He went to see it today. So I, I will, when I saw that the original characters are the film, I was like, okay, yeah. In the last trailer, they show up. So I'm like, well, you know, most of the guys. Um, uh, so it's like, gosh, you know, we're in a really interesting um, correlation between, say, like uh, uh, a lot of the stuff that was made in the 80s mm-hmm. and being a certain age for a lot of, of Americans that yeah. have this kind of broad-based nostalgia, like nostalgia n- nostalgia toys. Um, retro toys mm-hmm. are are coming on the scene in the droves. Yeah. And I was talking to a guy at, at one of our favorite places, oddballs, the guy that runs yeah. it. And he was saying, that's one of his big concerns is, um, can the remakes can fl- drown out the market for all the originals? Yeah. I mean, I would, I would agree to some extent because if somebody's like not, they don't really care. Like yeah. if they're just there for that little, like, you know, saccharine sort of nostalgia hit. They're like, Oh, look at this. And you're like, no, nah, it's a piece of garbage. Um, cause the toys were better, dude. <laughs> yeah, they were better. Um, you know, so it's like, if you look at, um, I mean, even, even as good as I think the line of He-Man toys, the re-release is like, there's still, they fall a, apart. They're there's cheaper. a different quality. They're not as heavy and I've had them, uh, fall apart and 
things pop off that never in a million years never happened with the originals. Well, and this was the same conversation like when I was a kid that uh, my dad was having with G.I. Joe. Because you had these little like, you know, what, three and three quarters sort of height uh, things that had too many articulations, these crappy rubber bands in it. Kung Fu grip. As soon as you like Kung Fu'd one too many times, all the arms exploded. Rubber bands, yep. Um, but then you go back and see the original GI Joes, and they're like, like twelve-inch dolls, yeah, like with like clothes, made clothes with yep. accessories, all this other stuff, you know. So it's it, it's like iteration Dude, after iteration. Yeah, but them GI Joe toys were amazing. But they don't, they don't. Um, I don't got all mine. My mom didn't. She's missing. I mean, she sent me some, and I think she, my brother stole my other ones. But I don't know. But um, yeah, I had to like put them in my display case. Because in my art Dude, studio, I have my display case. I saw them the other day. I yeah. was looking at them. I was like, these are... I'm missing my Destro. Like, I'm like, Destro was like, my dude, I love the Chrome Dome. <laughs> so I'm like, I'm missing key characters that I'm like, yeah, somebody, somebody's... Somebody got my Somebody, Destro. somebody, i.e. my little brother. It's <laughs> short-term memory loss. Just yep. forgetting whose toys were what. As a little brother, I will say we're good at stuff like that. Absolutely. And I was a toy. Like, I guarded everything. Dude, I he feel like... the opposite. Yeah, yeah. So that's where it's like, but then he'd forget. So it's like, now you throw yourself away. I kept my stuff. And now you're paying the price. Yeah, yeah. Because you want to share toys with your kids. And so you're jacking mine. Yeah, I had three older sisters. So our toys were, you know, pretty different. Yeah. Um, And I I was the only one that cared about Legos. So I've got, I've got like original Lego lines back when they just called them things like knights, pirates, space. And it's uh, a sore spot, dude. Well, here's the thing is like the, all of them are still like, I was never a do the Legos, dump them all together. Yeah. So they're all in Ziploc bags. Oh, you were boring. The original sets. Nah, dude, you got to make the world. Yeah. It was a world building thing. I know. So it was, uh, it was very like, I mean, it all. It, my mom wouldn't let me do that. I had dude, to put them in one big bin. It all plays out. I mean, yeah. it feels, it, there's a consistent line through my life. Absolutely. Uh, <laughs> so they're underneath my kid's bed right now. Heck yeah. In the original packaging. Heck yeah. All together with the book. Garrett still wears the same clothes that he wore when he was seven. It's crazy. No, seventh grade. Seventh, seventh grade. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> dude, but they finally come back in style. Yeah, everything's back in style. <laughs> no, but for real, though, if I had those Nikes I wore in fifth grade, I would be the coolest dude on the block. So here's 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 where I want to go with this for a second. Yeah. Nostalgia. Not just serious way. Yeah, not just, I talk about toys all day. I love toys. But um, I've been thinking about this when it comes to being, a, for me, being a visual artist. Now, I've been... It's been hitting me lately, but I have been a visual. Um, I've been a visual artist in a serious, serious way for over twenty years now, and I've been doing art like in any kind of serious way to like twenty six years. Like, but there's like there's like a you know so the steady production and a lot made a lot of stuff, and I've lived long enough to experience nostalgia about my time studying you know, a decade and where I started, yeah, yeah. I've had nostalgia for other periods of study within this framework that yeah. I've been living out, which has been really strange for me. And I've started to wonder about nostalgia's potential to creep in on your present tense studio practice. I've been thinking about mm. this because I, and, and then I've been asking myself, um, like I have been, debating making some figure paintings yeah and, figure paintings. and i was like where is this coming from but it's like i'm kind of going back into the old recesses a little bit yeah. so i've been wondering about the uh um yeah i've just been wondering about the uh effect of that man and the validity of that uh 
Yeah. Yeah. Well, I think, you know, there's something really kind of dangerous. Like when we talk about nostalgia and all of this, that there, we, we enter into a largely assumptive space that everything is a progressive track. Right. And so that you are here now. So anything in your past is therefore garbage and trash. And if you step back into it, it's highly problematic, um, which is tough. Right. And I think within the art world, it's one of those things where, you know, we, we, we have this, we have a crazy hierarchy that we impose and then we talk about it as if it doesn't exist. Right. So we're, we, we say things like, um, oh man, I wish I had time to draw like I did when I was a kid, you know, as if it's something that you shouldn't be doing, you know, like as if drawing is like what you do so that you can get to another place, you know, mm-hmm. or, and in that same vein, it's like, oh, I'm doing, uh, I'm, I wish I could get back to, um, you know, this or that or the other, um, and I, I see it a lot like in teaching. It doesn't matter where I've taught design. There's always been somebody who's like, the problem with design right now is that we don't do enough sewing or we don't do enough tracing of mm-hmm. letter forms. And it's like, no, that, I mean, there's probably something stemming from that and that we're not actually in relationship with tactile materials. And, and that puts us out of whack when we move into digital spaces that mm-hmm. aren't analog anymore. So there are some conversations I have there. but it, But there is this this kind of uh, assumption that like there's a lot of things that you age out of or you get past, you know, like, uh, like, um, like the whole thing, figure versus abstract. Yeah. Like one is supposed to feel higher or more important. One is supposed to be more craft based. I don't, you know, it's, yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's what's tough with nostalgia is because it kind of ties into that same discussion. Yeah. And so that's the thing is like, I got, you know, um, I got, uh, so like discerning parsing out like a reason, Mm, um, You know, it's so like I, I've always like text in my paintings has been a thing since the beginning. It's always been around and then I'll, every now and then I'll eliminate it and I started bringing it back in. It's like, but once I did that, <coughs> um, I mean, I don't think I've painted a figure in since maybe 2003, mm-hmm. maybe 2004. So it's been, you know, it's been a while. Um, and I don't even know to what extent, but I, so I've got all these thoughts. So then part of the thing is I started thinking about the figure painters that I enjoy. And I think about even like Gus's sort of coming full circle into, into painting figure. And, um, mm-hmm. and so then I started thinking like, I've been looking back at a lot of older painters and classical works and like religious paintings and like, and then, and then I'm like, am I having like nostalgia for like an art? like these art periods that I didn't even live through that I didn't, mm, yeah. you know, and then, and then, so it's like, am I actually really thinking well about, um, what a painting could convey to some, a contemporary of mine? Like, some, you know, yeah. um, I don't have an answer for that, but that's where I, that's where my head's been at is like, um, and there's a part of me that's like, you know, life's too short. I'm not going to worry so much about, about this, but, um, you know, I have some integrity in the studio to, to want to call a spade a spade. Like I don't want to, you know, live a, um, a kind of, de- uh, in denial, you know what I'm saying? Like I, you know, I gotta have some, con- I, my, my aims and convictions have got to be like conscionable in my mind. Yeah. Like I don't want to be living beholden to like runaway nostalgia. Cause here's the other thing I was going to say. So there's like a bouquet of issues. Like in the bouquet, there's, there's just the issue of like, I think sometimes this is what I don't, I didn't want to say, but I'm going to say it anyways. Please do. Is um to be a painter is is to concede nostalgia. Mm, what do you mean by that? Uh, painting is not it. I think I, I I love painting, but there is a there's a nostalgia for 
a bygone technology, a bygone way. Mm. And even in like even even in the uh, romance of talking about the studio, you know, it gets romantic in ways. Like, oh, the studio and the 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 uh, faint echoes of heroism and the brave artists alone in their studio, like adjusting colors and you know, with good natural light pouring in and. There's like an idea there, you know, yeah, yeah. it's an idea of a kind of person and that, that um, as we get further away from it, maybe it has a little bit of a, an ennobled um, mythos, I guess. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. But I, I, these are un, unformed thoughts, but they've, they're like, um, yeah, I've been thinking about, I mean, I've been, it's just been in my head. I'm rambling. No, it, I mean, it makes sense. Um, you know, and even some of the things that you mentioned earlier, uh, talking about like, you know, re-releases or updates or you know movie franchises um you know there's some of that i'm sure bound up in it mm -hmm. and you know we were talking before <laughs> with the new ghostbusters i mean one of the things that gave me uh i mean first of all set the stage um pretty much anytime there's like a re-release of something there is a a very physical like whole body eye roll from me which is like okay so we're just gonna redo that again with new backdrops you know, we're just going to we're going to chew up this story one more time and spit it out. All the same characters, everything else. We've changed a little bit of cultural, social, political, economic, something in it. And then we've now been like, we've made a new thing. Mm -hmm. And it's like, yeah, well, every time I cut my grass, it's not a new yard. Yeah. You know, there is a change that's physical, mm -hmm. but that doesn't mean. And, you know, and maybe even it's necessary to do from time to time. Yeah. But. It's not a new yard. That's right. So uh, it's a new nard. Yeah. When I heard about the uh, when I heard about the uh, the new Ghostbusters, like there was a little bit, there was like a preemptive sort of like, ooh. yeah. But the more I heard about the details of it, you know, hey, we're not. It's not a new universe. It's not a reboot because reboots. Yeah, are weird. dude, reboots because suck. it's it's a it's an assumption that you're making a new thing that is somehow divorced from the old thing, even though it's completely yeah, it's contingent possible. upon the old thing. Well, name a reboot that's worked well re in recent times. Yeah, no, I, I can't, can't think of one. No, I can't either. Um, not even Little Women. Get out of here. No, no, like all that. Like, there's already mm -hmm. sufficient examples. Um, yeah. Yeah, reboots didn't work, but the thing about that that did make sense is that it kind of was within that space of... Uh, like or Little Women wasn't a reboot. It was just a redo. It was completely redo, yeah. Yeah, just a redo. Sorry. Yeah. Yeah, um, yeah I'd say there's very, very few that I could even... I mean, it would take me a while to even think through it. Yeah. Um, to say, oh, that was a good uh, a good way to do that. But with the... Uh, with Jurassic Park. Is that a reboot? Uh, I think it's still within the same time. Continuation. Line. So it's still continuing. Yeah. Um, even if it's somewhat divorced from the original okay. in some ways, but I think you're still in the same place with the same general yeah. history. Um, How about that other ghost? <laughs> <laughs> well, that was, I think that was a straight up reboot. That was a straight reboot. Yeah. And, and it got did not booted. get received well. It got uh, booted. People were just like, this, so I was really, this is not Ghostbusters. Yeah. So Spider-Man has been reboots. A lot of reboots. Well, yeah. Batman. Until I think the next one comes out, then it's going to be, oh, these are all very well tied together. Convenient. Yeah. Convenient way of working backwards. And I will say toys. Christopher Nolan's Batman's. Yeah, great reboot. That's well, the best freaking one. There's also something within that narrative that kind of allows Batman to comic not books be nailed down. That's right. Comic books inherently in their their kind of origins <laughs> are different adaptations on the, on an archetypal character. Yeah, through through a different author. So there's something already built into the genre. Well, but with the with the, the new Ghostbusters, there's something in the fact that like Jason Reitman 
who is the son of the director of the original Star or <laughs> Ghostbusters. Yeah. Um, like he was there. He was like 10 years old on mm-hmm. set, like watching the work his dad was doing, yeah. being a part of these conversations. Like, you know, it was bring your kid to work day. Heck day yeah, dude. And Could you was, imagine that? I cannot imagine. I can only imagine. I couldn't imagine going with my dad to work. I mean, like when my totally. kids go to work with me, like they don't, they don't meet Bill Murray. Yep. You know what I mean? Like they're not. You don't work with famous people? I mean, I, I, I do, but not Bill Murray famous. That's right. I mean, thanks for clarifying that. Yeah, <laughs> I'd like to think that I'm pretty famous. I mean, I, I mean, dude, uh, I work with at least two dudes that do a podcast. Yeah, uh, and <laughs> they're nowhere close to famous. You are not famous at all. <laughs> hey, I'm known. Okay, hey, don't be known. I know dude. you, man. You know me. We're yeah, good. there you go. Um, but I think the the great thing about it is like there was there was like a, there was a knowledge, right? So it was it was understanding there were certain things that kind of kind of had to be a part yeah so it wasn't just like a groping for whatever that feeling was in the past but it was a knowledge of like that no, that can extend in the future right and i think that's where we get a positive space for nostalgia mm-hmm. is like, what nostalgia is it though dude but it dude n- dr nostalgia. blackwell what is nostalgia though can <laughs> you can you name it can you explain it without is it an intangible phenomena is the question so i think that's the thing uh in, in one respect because of the way that you sense it uh, through uh, remembered feeling, right? And okay, so so that's that's the space where the space where I think a lot of nostalgia kind of hits. Mm-hmm. You have remembered feeling, or you have uh, you have a high level of escapism, right? So things are tough. Oh, when mm-hmm. I was a kid, wasn't it so much better? Yeah. Nah. The, uh, the so other- are you saying that the escapism right now lends itself to the the need for nostalgia? Uh I mean, are you I saying would, that that's how it operates? I'd say that nostalgia sometimes. I, I think it, it can operate along a time, a, a, a gamut, right? And that gamut is is going to be from you know yeah. remembering fondly to yeah. escaping. Yeah, a sentimental longing or wistful affection for the past, typically for a period or a place with happy personal associations. That's interesting, man. Because uh, I think it's I think that's a you know fine, but I do think it's even weirder than that. Yeah, and because you could, yeah, it could be like because I think it so object nostalgia. Like I, that's why I said it. You know, as it relates to being a painter, is um, uh, I, I feel like Philip Guston's latter work was a bit of nostalgia for him personally, based on the kinds of cartoons that he was reading when he was younger. But he somehow was able to somehow he I, it's almost like it, it lucked into being. Um, and like the way forward for abstraction, yeah. And because he was considered one of the best abstract painters of the, t- of the time at that time, and um, yeah, I don't know. I don't. I don't. Yeah. Well, I, don't I think. Know. I mean. I mean. There's, and this is, you know, I think we're kind of talking and thinking through this uh, simultaneously. The when I think of uh, nostalgia, there is there, there's also this space of like sentimentality. That yeah. comes along with it, right? Which, like, again, I think nostalgia can go from just, like, a, a remembrance. Like, it's probably all within some emotional spectrum. But, like, remembrance to, like, deep escapism. Yeah. Right? So you can have different layers that that's operating on. Yeah. And like I getting that, together and playing D&D. Yeah. Like, yeah. It's all good. But I think the places where nostalgia kind of hits and can resonate as almost like a shared language with folks yep. is the places where it, it doesn't lose its criticality. Huh. 
So, so if I'm sitting here and I'm just like, you know, I get that little sugar hit because I remember I, I, I pulled a poster out of an old box mm-hmm. and I remember, uh, you know, I remember John Starks being on my bedroom wall. Yeah. You know, that's something. Yep. But there's also a connection, I think, with nostalgia to like the objects and actions of a real world that you no longer can access. Mm-hmm. You know, it's yeah, because there's there's tough. that which you can't you can't access, which is the future, and there's that which you can't access, which is the past. Right. We remember the past, and we envision the future, and mm-hmm. we we're hunkered down in the present. And nobody's complaining about somebody's like futurist looking stuff. Yeah, you know, they're not being like, oh man, look how overly emotional this is. It's like, well, what yeah. else could it be? Yeah, it's not even connected to any fact. Yeah, it hadn't even existed. Yeah, but at least in nostalgia, there's some fact associated there. Yeah. See, I think I wonder if nostalgia is a rectifying of of a prior um, state that that can't a, a prior state that at that time can't fully grasp that which is um, captivating their affections. So yeah, so yeah. it's unfinished business in the moment because we can't live in the moment, mm-hmm. and it actually takes. Um, half your life to get to the place to go back and kind of complete the moment in your mind, if you will, in your affections. But in actuality, it's just not possible. Yeah. And so, so it's another way of saying that, like, like um, some of the because you're changing because you're like, let's say it's a you know kid thing. Like you're like, um, it's it's you fighting against the nature of reality, which is uh, I want to hold on to this moment, and I and and um. It could be like this moment is so rich. It's uh, I can't I can't fully consume it all. Like I can't I yeah, can't yeah. I can't oh, I can't inhabit this. It's already slipping through my fingers, and so you get to a place where you have the means and maybe the mental capacity. Let's say you get to some of us are middle aged right now or you know close to, and so you you start to kind of go, you you have you have some of the mental faculties to kind of. Um, uh, make better sense of uh, prior moments in your life. Oh, I think so, yeah. And um, all that taken together says something about how fragile our, our existence is mm-hmm. or or just how temporary it is and how fleeting it is, actually. Yeah. And so this so that we can't even take in childlike experiences fully. Well, see, I would yeah. push almost the opposite way. And I would say, yeah, the, the fragility, I totally, it, it is there. <clears throat> but I would say that um, nostalgia in a lot of ways, rests on the reality that we oftentimes don't acknowledge that the world around us is so is it has such a deep, thoroughgoing fullness that it takes more time to comprehend an instant than we're capable yeah, of. Yeah, I'm saying that. Yeah, okay. I'm saying that's what I'm saying. I'm saying because we can't do that. Yeah. We we have you you know, if it's me at eight, I, I'm having an encounter, let's say, but I can't do what you just said. I can't exhaust it all. I can't yeah, yeah. So so there's a lingering uh there's a lack of resolution. Mm-hmm. And and the way I would say it is like, okay, let me let me say let's I'm gonna make this up and just be goofy. Like Thundercats cartoon comes out and mm-hmm. I am ten and yeah. I'm turning eleven and, and there's social pressures like I can't fully I guess it sounds silly, but like I can't fully process out how important this narrative structure feels to me or I can't mm-hmm. like I can't I can't I've encountered it I'm I'm affected mm-hmm. and I'm my affections are arrested I'm interested but I'm turning 11 and 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 I'm being pressed pressed for the next thing and I'm pressed yeah. so like I'm trying to hold on to something so the act of holding 
is impressing this on me in a way that's unresolved. Mm -hmm. So then I get to um, some different state and uh, of course, subsequent experiences, there's a lot of things, but you're, you're most impressionable when you're younger. Yeah. So these earlier experiences have had significant, they've impressed themselves upon me. Yeah. So I, I have unresolved, impressed experiences, and I'm looking back and I, and I have some capacity in my older state mm-hmm. to kind of reckon with that which impressed itself upon me. Yeah, yeah. And and if it was positive, then, then there may be a pleasantness associated with the return a little bit. Um, but then you go back, like me playing with my kids, and 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 I can't inhabit that space anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, I can have it in a new space. Yeah, you know, I can have a new experience with my kids or with whatever. But so what I'm trying to say is, I don't know that there's ever a point where we're actually based on our uh, the kind of being that we're we're not ever able to fully exhaust an experience. No, I think I mean you know, because of the, because it's too rich. Yeah, 100%. And I think that also that means that we're never able to uh, rid ourselves of nostalgia or yearning. Yes. Because we're, we're, we're never in a now. We're, you know, the yeah, now is the thing that's most fleeting. That's right. Because it's constantly changing. So we're always being drawn um, backwards, forwards, at different times yeah. in repeating places. And I think that maybe that's even why what you were saying about Gustin, about how his, uh, his, his seeming like nostalgia in those later life paintings maybe ushered in some new things because – He's dealing with uh, a magnanimity of time mm-hmm. that he's reflecting upon, mm-hmm. but he's also doing it through an action that itself requires a great amount of time to unfold. Yep. So it's not this. Oh, I, I, I you know, I follow some like you know '80s uh, nostalgia sort of accounts on like Instagram, and they're yep. like, oh, I, f- I forgot about those toys, or oh yeah, the cereal was real, but they go away. I'm not, yeah. I'm not reflecting on them. I'm not thinking about how they are important and impactful, yeah, not, how, yeah. they, how they place right. things in context. You know, I'm not, you know, Count Chocula It's not derailed in my life, yeah. Yeah, it's, yeah, not, yeah. it's not helping me process yeah. the death of a parent. No, that's right. You know what I mean? Like, yep. But with painting, you know, you sit with that painting for four, five, seven years as you're processing this thing. It's not that three-second frontal lobe hit from yeah. Instagram. Yep. Instead, it's like a real processing. And that, I, I, I would go against anybody who says that that nostalgia is a bad thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because some people would call that reflectivity. Right. And that's not terrible either. Right. Um, You're muddy in the waters, Dr. Blackwell. I'm happy to do it. You're muddy in the waters. Always uh, always glad to do so. You, me, staring contest now. <laughs> I win. No one can prove otherwise. Because <laughs> we're, <laughs> we're not visual. Did you hear me lose? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but I think, you know, that's where... You know, going back to the point about Jason Reitman, like mm-hmm. why I have hope for this Ghostbusters film. Yeah. Because he's he's processing through things, I think, in the same way. And and filmmaking is that long, drawn-out process of narrative in a, that has similar similar things in that respect to painting. Right. Because you are there is a sense of assemblage. There is a sense of correcting. There is a sense of changing. There is mm-hmm. a sense of, you know, it finally being able to be displayed and shown. Mm-hmm. You know, there's a finished state that, you know, then gets, then gets uh, re-released. You know, later on with the director's cut because yeah. uh, it went to the first few showings, and you're like, ah, it's not all there, and then yeah. you end up with a you know three and a half hour long Blade Runner movie. Yeah, so I absolutely, there's uh there's some things that, um, you know, nostalgia actually does work well with, mm-hmm. and also, <clears throat> I think it's fair to say that you know as you get older, life gets harder and sometimes can really suck. 
Mm-hmm. And so nostalgia, even though it can be an escapism, there is something nice about kind of going back in your mind to a place that was a little more innocent, a little more easy. Right? Yeah. Maybe didn't have the same confines. Yeah. Um, but the other day I was, I was in a situation where there were some people and it really felt like everything that flooded back to me, the interactions that were going on in the room, it flooded me back to like, like ninth grade, like teenage, just like catty meanness. Yeah. And I was like, oh gosh, that was a nostalgia where I was like, this sucks. Yeah. Get me out of here. So glad this stuff has died in my life. Right. Um, and if I am a part of any situation where it feels like that, I will gladly run away. Yep. Um, you know, so it's not that, you know, because it was definitely, you know, an emotional hearkening back to something. And mm. it, it was in a space where I was like, oh, man, I haven't felt those feels in 20 years. Yeah. You know, like that's that sucks. I do think I do think it's funny. So that I do think that it, what that means then is that the, the things we do and which we've already we've said a million times here, but it does bolster the point. It's kind of like, uh, you know, we we are the kind of people that connect to. Uh, the world in, in various ways and the things that are made. And so um, the things that we make actually do have an impact on us. Um, otherwise people wouldn't be having nostalgia for things that were made in the past, yeah. which means there's a precedence for assuming that the things we make now have, have both short and long-term shaping influence. Like my kids, I'm like, man, my kids in, in my mind, my kids are having some of the coolest experiences because their life is totally different than mine when I was a kid. Yeah. And so like they're, you know, they come to the gallery or they go and mm-hmm. they love coming to my art studio. They're like, this is, yeah. they're just like, I love, they're just like, I love this place. Like it's magic to them. Yeah, dude. And I'm like, man, whatever, like I love my studio too, but whatever they're experiencing is 10 times more heightened mm-hmm. and they're going to have stories that I don't even, I'm not even 100%. aware of yeah. In that of like going into that studio. Like I'm not, cause I'm not having their experience. Well, also, you know, I think it goes to some of the conversations we've had about world building is that if we understand how this, this thing about nostalgia works in our life, then we can start to understand like what it means for us to be building that nostalgia for the future. Mm-hmm. You know, so in the future, when our kids are older, when uh, folks who are coming through art school or going to galleries, when they're, you know, in their seventies or eighties, you know, 50 years from now, um, are we are we building a space where that nostalgia is actually going to be healthy? Yeah. Or is it something? Are we building a space in a world where that nostalgia is actually going to be more abusive and detrimental because they're yeah. having to remember something that is total trash? Right. Um, and that's you know that you, you might hear that and be like, oh my gosh, that's a crippling thought. How can I ever possibly exist in such a place where I feel I have responsibility for the future? And it's like, well, you already do. Yeah. Um, you don't get away from it by not thinking about it. Yeah. Um, you know, what you do matters and it's important. Um, and so it really is like, you know, what, what is the, uh, like, what's the purpose of what we do? Um, it can't be just for right now. Yep. It, it cannot just speak to now. It cannot be yeah, just for now. That's right. Cause if it is, then we're just making more trash for people in the future to have to deal with. That's right. Which, I mean, our culture is super good at doing. Yeah. Um, you know, we've got, we've, we've got, <laughs> we got garbage all over the place, like literally and emotionally, mentally, whatever. Mm-hmm. It's, it's all there. We throw it around because we're so so keen on right now mm-hmm. or we're so keen on like helping ourselves out of the past um, that that we don't think that like one of the best ways to do that is actually start to work together, band together to build for a better future. Yeah. Um, you know, which I think is one of the most healthy places to be when we talk about nostalgia. Because if I start to get into a place where I'm nostalgic to such an extent that I can't function right yeah. now, 
Yeah, but I mean, but those things. So that's my. I mean, I don't want. We, we we'll get into this in another discussion. But that's it. So that's the interesting wedge we're in. We're at a. I think we're at a critical. Everything I keep hearing is, and so like past the minute. I wish I could remember what it's called. Um, uh, I'll even look at one of the websites. It's bio something. Um, but there's the sen- sentient. Did I write it down? There's a sentient, sentient, um, kind of like past the metaverse idea, waiting in front of us in. It is, uh, yeah, I did not write it down. Shoot, I should have wrote it down. Um, hmm. Well, so it's it's a world that that we're entering into a space where everything we're we're creating a a real a sens- sensual reality that is um, experienced in real time, mm-hmm. and it's completely artificial. So a, a sensual, non-sensory world. Yes. So so you'll be able to live out kind of your way. So what I'm saying is the escapist thing um, will finally have the full sort of enchilada. Yeah, yeah. And once we are immersed in that kind of space, I think the majority of folks their dissatisfaction will only be begotten into uh, for the refinement of that space. It'll never be, well, let me get out of that space. Mm-hmm. You know? Um, well, that's what I was going to say. Like, you, you know, you're talking about <clears throat> escapism. Uh, escapism only exists for one generation in that. Yeah. Because once you get to generation two, lifestyle yeah, two, it's, yeah. it's not escapism. Yeah, yeah it's, it's just standard. normative. It's context. Yeah, that's right. And so once it moves into that normative space, then what you have is, uh, congratulations, you destroyed all art and design because now everything is just this flat layer of whatever. Yep. Also, like I have to, I have to minimize any, any internal sensory experiences in order to maintain facade. Yeah. And so everything becomes one lane, one way, one thing. Yeah. Everything's streamlined. Yeah, it's um, streamlined. I mean, like, yeah, like the so whole there's the, canvas. There's the weird stuff like the nano dust. That um, like legit, I'm not making this up. Like this is like legit. Like that you'll that you're you're the way you'll interface. This is what they're building. The way you'll interface with will have an internal. Oh yeah, yeah. Operating system. That's weird. It's down like to that movie where the dude has the thing yeah, in the back. Of I know, there. man. I know. Down to like being able to trace your data, um, in real time. Uh, it's it's, and and also one of the one of the the people that's working on this that the, it'll be full minority report. The the algorithms. We'll be able to predict your behavior in every possible way, including crimes. Well, I mean that makes sense, especially if the technology is already shaped your yeah. behavior. Yeah. So it's tech 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 gone. So I'm just look, thinking about like this um, this looking back and looking forward, mm-hmm. and we're building a kind of forward looking reality that um, takes a lot of looking back and pulls it in to where it's going to be hard for a lot of people to withstand it. And well, it's going to raise, and then the question will be like, well, well, why? And we, we can't get into it now, but it'll be like, well, why should we not? And that's going to be, that's going to be um, a big fight. Yeah. I, I'd say for, you know, anybody who's like, oh, this is piquing my interest. Uh, just go back uh, 150 years and read some writings by William Morris. Mm-hmm. Cause it's the same conversation. You know, it's always that plod forward with technology. It's like mm. how we more and more and more and more dehumanize yeah. because we, we remove more and more and more of the human experience, mm-hmm. more and more of the human interaction with the physical world. Um, yeah, because yeah, yeah, the metaverse happens or whatever, like screw painting, it's toast. Yeah, oh, it's yeah. gone. Like you're not doing it. 
No, there's no, no reason to. You're going around and just collecting already bad, yeah. terrible images to throw up in your stupid little one-person house yeah. uh, where you're doing nothing while you're sitting on your couch by yourself. Yeah. Um, My fear, though, man, is there's going to be a lot of people that that um, that just can't. It's too tidal wave. Mm-hmm. And we're, we're, we're being ushered along so well right now. Yeah. You know, so it's going to be, it's just going to be really hard mm-hmm. to resist. No, it you will know, be. Think about for our kids. Yeah. No, that's, uh, yeah. 100%. Yep. Yeah. Which, I mean, and the dumbest thing about it is you already have a fully immersive, immersive world right outside your door. Yep. Um, which has been, uh, like to your point about even, you know, coming full circle with all this, um, which has been the subject for hundreds of years in fine art. Mm-hmm. Like when you go to the museum, it's only a short period, a short small room or something that is just like kind of squares and minds. Yeah. You know, um, because even, you know, a lot of, <clears throat> a lot of abstract painters are not dealing with something other than mm-hmm. the physical world. They're, they're, they're working through it in different means or with mm-hmm. different methods. But so much of art, if you, if you take the physical world out of the museum, the museum is toast. Yeah. It's gone. Yep. So, you yeah. know, bring yeah, in death, yeah. right? Woof. Gosh. On that just note. Trying to, trying to provide a little upper here at the end of the episode. Yeah. Maybe, maybe this is a good, good spot to simmer. I think it's a good spot to simmer. Go watch Ghostbusters. Hopefully that pisses you off in some way. Yeah. Or the Go other. fishing. I mean, yeah. If we're not I, getting paid to tell you to watch Ghostbusters, by the way. I wish we were. But, um, yeah, where are you at, Jason Raymond? Yeah. We just gave you a plug. Yeah, I mean, I'll, I'll go watch it. Yep. No problem at all. But yeah, I think that's probably a good spot to kick around for a, uh, you know, a bit and then come back to it at a point with some more ideas. Because, um, yeah, it is definitely a deep and rich topic, and it's one that's at the front of the conversation. Yep. Brain so, debris. Yeah. That's what happens when you, get, when you get snack smell in the terrio <laughs> in the same room. We may, ca- <laughs> we may stay on topic. I think we kind of did. Or we might actually drift into brain debris. Yeah, that's my that's my um, nostalgic man movie voice in a world where only ten people know exactly what they're talking about. I don't know what I'm talking about. Do you know what you're talking about? <laughs> no, and in fact, I like it that way. That's great. Great. <laughs> hey, uh, we love y'all. You are a fantastic audience. Thanks for kicking with us for a little bit. We will catch you next time. You've been listening to Shaco Art Speak, a production of Shaco Art Space. We are an independent, nonprofit art gallery in Richmond, Virginia. We can be found online at shacoartspace.com and in real life in historic Shaco Bottle.